Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. Good morning, Valley Point Church. It is good to see you. Thank you so much for coming out today. We are now in week seven of our series called Nine Flavors. This series is based on some really powerful words found in Galatians chapter 5, which we have been using as a foundation for the entire series. Two verses, verses 22 and 23, that talk about the fruit of the Spirit. And it sounds like this. I would encourage you to read this with me. Are you ready? But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Several weeks ago, I threw out the challenge that I want everybody to memorize these two verses. And so we're going to take the words off the screen. I'm going to ask you to stand. Will you do that? And let's say it with enthusiasm with everything inside of us because we know all of these words. Here we go. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness. Oh, I messed up. That was a test. All right, let's do it again. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Great job. Give yourselves a hand. You may be seated. Here's the heart of our series. When someone trusts in Jesus alone to save them, when they embrace the leadership and the forgiveness that is offered in Christ, at that moment, without even knowing it or without even feeling it necessarily, God the Father gives us the gift of God the Holy Spirit, and he takes up residence within our lives. That's what happens. At the moment of salvation, when we trust in Jesus alone, God the Father gives us the gift of God the Holy Spirit, and he lives within us, and here's what he does. He begins to cultivate the fruit of the Spirit. He begins to grow these things in our lives with our cooperation, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He cultivates these things in our lives, all of them, and we have the privilege of cooperating with God the Holy Spirit within us. So far over the summer, we have talked about love, joy, peace, patience, and kindness. Today, it's oh my goodness, or for goodness' sake, we're going to talk about goodness. So please take out your talk notes and grab a pen. I would encourage you to fill out some of these blanks as we move through our time together. It will help you engage and give you something to remember. Here's our big idea, just two words, and that is do good, okay? Do good. 
And we'll use the rest of our time together to fill that in a little bit and to unpack that. The word goodness that we're going to be studying today that is found in Paul's New Testament letters, the Apostle Paul, this word goodness comes from the Greek word agathosune. It's a nice word, isn't it? Agathosune. If you need to update your passwords for different accounts or on your computer, I would recommend you do that because I don't think a lot of people are using that word. It is a beautiful, rich Greek word that basically means goodness. But here's what's fascinating about this Greek word. It also has the idea of generosity. Uniquely, goodness, which we'll talk about today with our challenge to do good, Goodness and generosity, they work together. And most of us would probably say this. A good person is indeed generous with who they are, with their life, with what they give of their time, and with what they give of their own resources. They are generous people. Goodness and generosity run together. Here's something else that is kind of interesting. Goodness is a theme throughout the Apostle Paul's letters in the New Testament. He is constantly talking about goodness. Normally what happens on a Sunday is I like to look at a verse or two or a paragraph of scripture. I don't like to throw a lot of verses at you. I like to look at something memorable because I want you to walk out the door saying, hey, that was the paragraph we looked at or that was the verse of scripture and I want to be thinking about that today and throughout the week. Today I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to throw a lot of verses at you, okay? Because I want you to get this overarching theme of the Apostle Paul's desire to say that goodness and acting in a good way is vitally important for the follower of Jesus. And the reason it's important is because God the Holy Spirit is cultivating and growing this virtue inside of us. We talk a lot about the Apostle Paul here at Valley Point. And the reason we do that is because he is a prolific writer in the New Testament. And so we're constantly looking at these letters that he wrote to churches and to groups of people telling them, hey, live for Christ. Give that a shot and see what happens. And then he would often provide very practical help. Here's a way that you can do that. Again, goodness is a theme throughout Paul's letters. So let me share these different verses with you. It's certainly not every verse that talks about goodness in Paul's letters, but here's just a sampling. Romans chapter 12, verse nine. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what is, say the word with me, good. There's our word. Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, Paul lists the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5 in the same letter, in the same book. In chapter 6, here's what he says. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. 
Colossians chapter 1, verse 10. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. How about 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 13? As for the rest of you, dear brothers and sisters, how about this? Never get tired of doing good. Let me ask you, do you ever get tired of doing good in the process of giving and sharing and acting the way that God wants you to act? Does that ever get old and tiresome? And do you ever feel beat down in the process? I think we would all probably say yes to that. It's happened at some point. And here's the challenge in 2 Thessalonians. Never get tired. Never get tired of doing good. One more verse. Titus chapter 3, verse 1. Remind the believers to submit to the government and its officers. They should be obedient, always ready. How about that? Always ready to do what is good. Question. Why does Paul place such a strong emphasis on goodness and being good and doing good? Why would the Apostle Paul really lift that up and say, let's do this? After all, we're not saved by doing good. We can't get into heaven by doing good. We're saved by grace alone through faith alone. That is another dominant theme throughout Paul's letters. And he makes that clear. You can't do good in order to earn heaven. So why all of this emphasis on goodness? And why is it a fruit of the Spirit? Well, I think we need to investigate this word and think about what Paul is saying here. And why is it that we need to do good? We might respond to that and say, well, we do good because we're supposed to. <laughs> As followers of Jesus, that's what we're supposed to do, I guess. Or we could respond to that and say, why do good? Well, we do good because. <laughs> well, I want to think a little deeper today. And so I want to share two reasons with you why I think the Apostle Paul would place such a heavy emphasis on followers of Jesus doing good and cooperating with the Holy Spirit as he cultivates the fruit of goodness in our lives. Here's reason number one. Goodness, here's what it does. It reflects the nature and truth of the gospel. The gospel is the good news. That's what that word means. Gospel, good news. It's the good news that Jesus came, he lived, and he died. He was buried, and he rose again. And by trusting in him alone, we can have a forever friendship with God. That is the gospel, and that's good news for all of us. And so I think the Apostle Paul is beginning to push a little bit in his letter, in his letters, really, but specifically in Galatians, where he's talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And when we act in good ways, we are doing this. We're reflecting the nature and the truth of the good news, the gospel that Jesus came, he lived, he died, he rose again, and by trusting in him, we can have eternal life. Great news! Great news. 
That's the gospel. Author Christopher Wright says it this way, the cross is the ultimate expression of the goodness of God. So when we look to the cross, when we look at that, when we remember the work of Jesus, it is the ultimate expression of God being good. Goodness overcomes evil. That is the ultimate whole story of the Bible. That is the heart of the gospel, good news. And this is our hope for the future. So hear this now. When we respond to the evil and the hatred and the mistreatment that may happen around us with goodness, when we respond to all of the junk that happens around us with goodness, get this, we are living the power of the cross and we're demonstrating that for other people, the gospel, where goodness overcame evil. So think about that now. When I act in goodness to all of the junk that may be happening around me, I am living the power of the gospel. I am living the power of the cross for other people. Wow. I think that's incredible. I get the chance to live the power of the cross. That's amazing to me because I know who I am and what I do and I know some of my motives aren't always pure and my thoughts aren't always the best, but yet when I come humbly before God and confess all of that, I have the chance with my life, me, to live the power of the cross to other people. And by the way, you have the exact same opportunity. And so why such an emphasis on goodness it's because we have the opportunity when we act in good ways to reflect the nature and the truth of the gospel and live the power of the cross in front of other people. Amazing. All right, here's reason number two. Goodness, when we act this way, it gives people a picture of God. By the way, God is good. God does good. And when you walk through the corpus of Scripture, from the front to the back, you see over and over and over again in every circumstance, God is good and God does good. And it just makes logical sense. If, if God is good and if God does good in every circumstance then it just makes sense that those who claim to love him and follow him should be good too. This value of goodness should absolutely mark them. We should have the same quality. So when we respond in goodness, we are giving people a picture of what God is like. God is good and those who follow him should be individuals who spread goodness as well. Now, in light of all of that, in light of all of that, the gospel and how we have the chance to live the power of the cross in front of other people, and when we are good, we have the chance to give people a picture of what God is like. In light of all of that, I now want to get to our paragraph for today. 
So if you have a Bible or a device, I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 2. We are going to look at verses 8, 9, and 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8, 9, and 10. Again, in light of living the power of the cross, in light of giving people a picture of what God is like when we are good, here is our text, another letter from the Apostle Paul to the people in Ephesus. Here's what he says in verse 8. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. And here's why. You can't take credit. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's, will you say this word with me? Masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. This is an incredible Greek word that I want to park on for just a few moments and encourage you. This word masterpiece comes from the Greek word poiama. Poiama. And that word means something created and made by God. And the English translators have chosen the word masterpiece. Other versions say we are the workmanship of God. Poyama. It means I am created by God himself. So let's just think about that for a moment because it is amazing. You, masterpiece. And no matter how you feel about yourself, and perhaps some of you have walked into the room and you're discouraged or depressed, Or maybe you would say you even hate yourself because of something that you've done or something that has been done to you through no fault of your own. But because of some of these circumstances, you hate yourself. Would you just know and hear today that you are God's workmanship? You were created by God himself. And if you have ever struggled with self-doubt or if you've ever had a low self-image, masterpiece, workmanship, created by God, if you have ever had someone demean you or treat you in inhumane types of ways, workmanship, masterpiece, that's you created by God. So God saved you by his grace when you believed. You can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward, so none of us can boast. We are God's workmanship. Really powerful. It's a great verse to memorize if you ever feel down about who you are and you're discouraged with you. Memorize that verse. Okay, back to the text. Here's how it finishes. He, God has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned. God saved you by his grace when you believed. 
It's not your work. It's his work. It's a gift from God. You were created by him in order to do the good things that he has planned. I want to pull three thinking points about goodness right out of our text in Ephesians chapter 2. Here's the first one. We are saved by grace alone, sola gratia, through faith alone, sola fide. Sola gratia and sola fide are two Latin terms that mean grace alone and faith alone. And as we consider doing good things and being spreaders of goodness, we have to remember we are saved by grace alone through faith alone. If you were here back in October of this past year, we looked at the 500-year anniversary of the Reformation. We stepped back in time and talked about a guy named Martin Luther who took 95 statements of disagreement with the church about how you could enter into a forever relationship with God. And he took these 95 disagreements, these 95 statements, the problems that he had with the church, and he nailed it to a church door, and that started a whole reformation. And the emphasis of what he said is, hey, wait a minute. Sola gratia, sola fide. We are saved by grace alone through faith alone, and that brings us to thinking point number two, and that is good works cannot save. We're going to talk about how valuable they are and how we need to do good. That's our big idea for today, but good works cannot save. I want you to hear that. They cannot save. And if you're on that plan, I hope I just do a lot of really good stuff and when I get to the end of my life, the good things will outweigh the bad things and based on that weight, based on that measurement, God will usher me into heaven. Hey, more good than bad, come on in. Well, the problem with that is you don't find that anywhere in scripture. What you do discover is that we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, good works cannot save. If you're on that plan of trying to work your way into a relationship with God, I would encourage you to reevaluate that and simply trust in the free gift that God has given to you and don't add anything to that. Which brings us to thinking point number three, and that is we are saved by grace alone through faith alone. Here it comes. In order to, here we go, live transformed lives in which doing good is a key part. Okay? Saved by grace alone, through faith alone, so that we can live transformed lives of which doing good and spreading goodness is a key aspect of what God the Holy Spirit is cultivating in our lives. So, it's one thing to talk about goodness and how we need to be doing this, I think it's another thing to actually do good. And by the way, I don't think there's too many people who are going to say, you know what, we should slow down on the goodness, all <laughs> right? Even people who don't care about God, even people who would say they have no faith at all are 
spreaders of goodness, or at least they desire to do that. So nobody is saying, let's slow down on this a little bit. Let's not get carried away here, okay? Nobody is saying that, yet why does it seem like there's a general lack of goodness everywhere, right? So I want to share a couple of goodness challenges with you or takeaways. Here's the first one. View goodness as a way to express your love for what God has done for you. View goodness when you engage in this. Instead of responding one way, responding in goodness. When I do that, this is a way for me to say thank you. Thank you, thank you, God. You've been so good to me. I now want to freely extend that to other people. And I do this not as a religious obligation. I don't do this because I have to check it off some list. No, I do it because I genuinely want to thank God with the one life that he has given to me. And so thank you, God. I will extend goodness because it helps me say thank you to God for his goodness given freely to me. This is one of the things that I love about the church and about a faith community. One of the things I absolutely love. There are opportunities within a church, within a faith community to spread goodness and to do good and thank God for his goodness to me in the process. There's a lot of ways to do that. And so think about this. By the way, many of you are doing this. You're extending goodness. And so hopefully this is a reminder for you to acknowledge God and thank him in the process as you use the one life that he's given to you. So think about this. When you greet and you smile at someone and help them feel accepted and welcomed into this place, that's goodness. By the way, greeting team, you did a fantastic job this morning, so thank you for that. When you make and serve coffee, like goodness. When you help park, especially on days where it gets a little crowded around here and people may not be doing good things in the parking lot as they wait for you to direct them, but yet there you are, you're trying your best. That's goodness. It's goodness. When you teach our kids in their environments downstairs, whenever you hold a baby, whenever you change a diaper so that parents can enjoy this environment, goodness. Whenever you operate a camera, whenever you play an instrument, it's extending goodness. And this is my way. It's my way to say thank you to God. You've given goodness to me. I now want to extend that to other people. And so many of you are doing this. I want to thank you for that. If you're not doing that yet here at Valley Point Church, I would encourage you to jump into one of our dynamic teams. And the best way you can do that is to check on your connection card. I want to go to meet your significance. And we'll talk to you and match your skills and your talents with a ministry area. And there you'll be able to give away goodness and thank God in the process. All right, here's the second takeaway. And that is spread goodness. Spread goodness. And here's a very practical way that we're going to do that this morning. 
In your program that you were given when you walked in the door, there is a blank card. I want everybody to take out that blank card right now and grab a pen. Our host team will be in the aisles. If you need an extra one, perhaps you didn't get a program, that's fine. Grab a card from them. Everybody needs one because this is how we're going to practically engage in spreading goodness. I want you to take that card and I want you to take your pen and I want you to write a thank you note or a word of encouragement to someone. And don't overthink it, okay? Perhaps that's someone in your home, maybe your husband or your wife, maybe it's a child, perhaps it's a neighbor, maybe it's someone at work, maybe it's somebody in this church, maybe it's someone who serves your kids at school. I don't know. Don't overthink it. Just think and consider someone who could benefit from a word of encouragement from you. And I want you to begin writing that note to them. All right, too many of you are still looking at me. You should be writing your note right now. And here's what's gonna happen with these cards. I want you to take it and deliver it on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, or if you need to mail it, you can mail it, that's fine. You can give it to somebody today if that works for you. I just want you to put down some words of encouragement, a thank you, and then be ready to give that to your individual. Now, here's the unique thing about this exercise. It might seem kind of simple and unimportant, but yet we're, we're doing this today because we want to do good. And so when you deliver that card, you are going to be giving value to someone that God dearly loves. And whenever you give value to someone through your words, when you give value to someone by delivering this card, you're spreading goodness. You're spreading goodness. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. You're going to be involved in a great thing by spreading goodness to others. Back to our big idea do good, do good. As you serve and as you express goodness to others, don't do it as a religious obligation, like I have to do this because the organization needs help. No, do it as a way to say, thank you, God. Thank you for rescuing me and being good to me even though I don't deserve it. I now, even in the midst of turmoil or angst, whatever that might look like around me, I will extend goodness to others. I will do that. And then spread goodness. Take that note. Take your words of encouragement, deliver it to somebody, and add value to them, thus spreading goodness. Do good. Do good. Let's work at that this week and allow the Holy Spirit to cultivate goodness in our lives. Father, we have some incredible words in Scripture that talk about doing good to others 
And don't get tired of doing good. Don't be weary in goodness. God, that probably happens to all of us at times, especially when it seems like there is no appreciation. God, I wonder how many times we don't appreciate what you have done for us. But yet, you're still good and you still offer kindness to all, to all. And so God, I pray that you'd help me to be an extender of goodness. God, I pray that you'd help Valley Point Church to be a church that does good because we're thankful for the goodness that you have given to us. Help us. God, I pray that you take these cards that have been thoughtfully prepared and that perhaps it changes some relationships. Maybe it improves situations. Or perhaps it just extends this goodness. God, I pray that you'd use this simple act to make a big difference this week. And God, for those individuals in the room who may be here, who have yet to respond to what Jesus has offered, for those who may still be on the plan of trying to stack up goodness in order to earn a relationship with God, I pray that you'd help them to reevaluate. And God, right now, I pray that they would turn to you and that they would trust in the work of Jesus alone. And they would cry out to you and embrace your leadership and forgiveness. And that they would thank you for the gift of Jesus. Thank you for what you have done for us, for the goodness you have extended, so that we can also be spreaders of your goodness. Help us now to respond to you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.